0: Hello and welcome to Cats Out of the Bag. I'm Kat Hennessy, and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Welcome back for another episode, Angels. And holy shit, is this an episode that you have all been waiting for? We are doing a little OnlyFans episode with the stunning Avalon Hope. So I am so pumped to go through all of your questions you've sent through, a bunch of questions I have. And, you know, without further ado, let's bloody bring her in. Welcome, Avalon. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here, Kat. I'm so excited to have you here. And just I, I feel like I have so many questions as well, because I'm like dying to know more about OnlyFans, about you and just everything. So, yeah, super, super excited.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah. No, let's get straight into it.
0: Perfect. So I'll start off. Normally when I like bring on a guest, I will ask them, what is someone that no one knows about you? So
1: for that, right, I was actually kind of thinking about this the other day and I was like, damn, I really, I'm not someone that holds secrets. There's not a lot that like people don't already know about me. And then I was making dinner. and I was so lazy the other night and I was making baked beans on toast. And I was like, that's it. No one fucking knows this. That so I ride or die for baked beans on toast with like HP sauce, some cheese. Like, my family growing up, we used to make this sandwich called a cheesy baky beano, which was literally like baked beans, bacon, cheese. It sounds, it sounds all sorts, but it's so good. And also, I will never tolerate any nickelback slander. Like, I won't have it. I will, and I mean that. I listen to Nickelback. Okay, what are you cool. going to do about
0: it? Nothing. Nicholas Nick. <laughs> Don't they do like? Look at this photograph. photograph. Is that that? Like- yes. <laughs> do you remember that internet meme? That oh my god! And it. they
1: just went with it. They just yeah, went. Yeah, like, look at, with look at this graph. Graph. Yes. <laughs> this is exactly. so funny exactly so yeah there, there's some stuff that I don't think anyone really knows about me that yeah I really love Nickelback for. So I find it to be really um what's the word I'm looking for like sentimental mm. it reminds me of, like my childhood just like easy days riding around like the four-wheel drive with my dad it's like early 2000s and
0: yeah baked beans love them oh my god that's so good so so random <laughs> but I love it Thanks. Well, look, honestly, there's not much else. I was like,
1: people already know. Like, I'm studying Portuguese as like a language at the moment. I do salsa dancing. I was like, people kind of already know these things. I've chatted about them on my live streams before. So I was like, what's something? Yeah, people don't know. That's it. There you go. There's your little fun fact.
0: I love it. I love it. So, for those of my listeners that don't know you, do you want to just give a little like intro and background to who you are, what you do, and everything?
1: Yeah, of course. Well, hey, my name's Avalon Hope. Um, I am an Australian based curve model, content creator, and yeah, OnlyFans creator. I have been in the sex work industry since I was 18. I started out stripping for a few years. I then moved into camming, which then resulted in me, yeah, doing like full-time OnlyFans and the crossover of modeling. Um, my goodness, I make music, I produce, I write, I'm in a band. Yeah. cool. there's a little recap there. There's that I've always been in the creative arts, and I think for me modeling kind of just, it's so funny. I've been modeling since I was 15. And it's so crazy to me that I remember people being like, oh my God, like, do you want to be a full-time model? Is that like, I was like, no, I want to be a pop star. Like that's what I want to be when I grow up. And it's funny now <laughs> that in my adult life that it's come like full circle where modeling really is like full-time what I do. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my God. I
0: love it. Yeah. So what, what, what's this band that you're in? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so I'm in a band. We're a cover band. We're called the Groove Bandits. Um, it's a huge band, but like ten piece. We've got a brass section and everything, and we literally just cover like all of the sickest songs that you know and love. And yeah, we just get on stage and make a whole bunch of noise, dress up in ridiculous costumes, and yeah, we bring the party. We really do. Oh
0: my god, vibe! And what do you do you yeah. um, play an instrument or do you sing? Or so I sing, sing, do and um, lead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: So I've been singing since I was like 13. I went to um, an art school growing up. When I first moved to Melbourne, I studied music production and composition. I do absolutely nothing with it now. Like that, was, that education was not necessary at all. Like, oh, my God.
0: But, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Can sing you sing something to is, me?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> not on the spot like that. No. <laughs> can
0: if you, you imagine if it broke out? out?
1: Oh my God. There, there are people that would. I'm not that kind of woman, but if you want, you can check me out on Spotify. I'm under Avalon Hope. I think I've got a few songs up there. So yeah, there's
0: that. Oh my God. I'm definitely going to check you out. I had no idea. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. So, um, so you said you got into like the industry in, so did you start stripping at 18?
1: Yeah, I did. So basically it all started when I was 16 years old. I was on Tumblr. Um, RIP Tumblr, honestly. And I remember seeing this photo of these, it was two women with the most ridiculously long nails holding just these wads of cash in this like blue light. And I was like, what is this? And in the hashtag, it said stripper. I clicked on that. And then from there, I guess like the rest was history. That. Back in the day, Tumblr used to be like the hub and the community for sex workers where not only were their content creators on there doing their thing, but also it was a community for like sex workers to come together and really share their experience with the industry and tips and tricks and everything like that. And I think from there, I got a really good understanding of, yeah, of, of stripping and the sex work industry and kind of like, the highs and lows of it as well. And I think one of the most important like, takeaways from that, and I still remember it to this day, is like every single creator that I was you know, following and engaging with was like, have your exit strategy. like Make sure you have your plan to get out of the industry because it's so easy to become accustomed to the money, the lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I saw that when I was 16. So when I was 18, I, um, yeah, I applied for a bunch of different clubs and I started stripping in Sydney. And then from there, I kind of started doing like FIFO fly in and fly out where I would fly into like rural Queensland. I spent a few months there in like the stripper house. And yeah, it was crazy being like an 18 year old in the middle of nowhere, making all this cash. And like, that was my first real taste of freedom, I guess. And at the time I was also like, yeah, it was, it was great. So yeah, I started when I was 18.
0: And like when you went out to like rural Queensland, so like you're in a sh- you're stripping, so are you in like a titty bar or like?
1: Yeah, so downstairs was a titty bar. So I was actually stripping in Show Bar in Mackay, which still to this day is my favourite club I've ever worked at. Um, I also just love like the Queenslander attitude, the kind of clients and customers that you get through are just so, like no bullshit, here for fun, like here to have a good time. And, yeah, it was just the rowdiest thing. Also, each state has different laws and codes and practices um, for stripping with what is required, what you can and can't do. Queensland, by far, has the most wild rules, Um, whereas Victoria and New South, well, I think it also depends on the licensing um, that you have as well as a club. But I know that Queensland, the way that it works, like you can touch, if you pay for like a touching dance, you can touch everywhere but between the thighs. Whereas like Victoria here, you have to have certain, I think, brothel licensing to even be able to like touch titties in in really? a, a dance. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's quite conservative like that. And it makes the hustle harder as well, trying to sell, like upsell a dance, being like, yeah, come for a touching dance. Oh, by the way, you, you can't even touch my titties. I can't even sit on you or like anything like that. Whereas Queensland, it was just crazy. Like I remember one time <laughs> there was um, in the club, there are like two actual like VIP rooms. One of them was dressed like a bedroom and the other one was like a dungeon. And like on the dungeon, it had like whips and crops and you could chain people up on the wall. And I remember it was a Bucks party and I got the buck down into his underwear and I was completely naked except for like my eight inch heels. And I got on this man's back. Put his belt around his throat and like rode him out onto like the main floor, and I was like, "Get him, get up. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. What so did other what guys I mean,
0: do?
1: oh everyone just cheers and like they're like, "Get them some shots!" And it was just so easy to make tips. I, I think as well because a lot of the clients there, they're minors. They don't have a lot of interaction. I think with. With women like in that capacity, uh, yeah. it's not like I don't think it's a smaller population. I think that there were like two nightclubs, that was the only strip club. There's not a lot of competition, like, if you're going to the strip club, you're making a whole thing about it. And these men have cash to spend, it's not like they're in the middle of the city, struggling to pay rent, hating their job, like, they're there for a good time, they've got cash to spend. So it was really, it was so much fun. It really was. Oh
0: my god, yeah. Classic. I love that. So yeah, like so, people not being able to touch it. So so, like, say you're in Queensland and you're like doing a strip tease or something. They can grab your boobs, that they can't touch your vagina.
1: That's exactly right. There's absolutely um, for stripping. I know that there are some. I don't even know if it's legal, but there are some strip clubs that have like dual licensing where it works as like brothel licensing as well, and they might have um, full service sex workers upstairs or whatever the situation is. But yeah, legally in Australia, there is no genital contact allowed whatsoever um, if you're engaging with a stripper.
0: Right. Okay. That's I had no yeah. idea. That's super interesting. And yeah, what about- so I know that in the- No, go, 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 sorry. I I know that
1: in America there are so many cases of like, oh, yeah, he pays for extras. So, like, you know, you give me a $50 tip, you can do this, blah, blah, blah. Whereas in Australia it's very strict um, laws around it and, yeah, codes of conduct. And, yeah, everyone really, like, sticks to it as well.
0: So do you think, though, like, if there's, like, a downstairs room, like a private area, like, could a girl in there, though, have sex if they wanted to?
1: Honestly, I do not know how you would get away with it. And even if you could, it's just not worth the risk. Like, it's just not worth the risk because you not only, like, potentially fired, but you're putting your entire club, every other girl that you're working with, at risk. If authorities were to find out about any behavior like that going on, it's a real serious, like, legal matter there. So, yeah, yeah, I've never really heard of that. I know that in Sydney I have worked at a few clubs where there was – like escorting going on but it was very much so like mm, hush hush and I was never a part of that so I can kind of see things going on but like it, I couldn't dive into it all because I don't know enough about it so yeah
0: yeah interesting and so so yep. like you being a stripper like would you so you never would ever like sleep with clients or anything no that absolutely wasn't my thing um yep.
1: For me, like, I had so much fun stripping. Full service was never really, yeah, something that I was open to. I guess that was just kind of out of my boundaries, out of my limits. But there are plenty of, like, escorts that work as strippers and such and such. But it is, like, code of practice, standard, like, rule that you are not allowed to take anyone that you meet from the club home. That is breaking the law because that works with solicitation. Absolutely. That's solicitation. And so that's illegal in Australia
0: oh, my God, this is so interesting. I'm like, my mind is opening. Sex work in Australia is,
1: I don't think it's illegal. I know that we're pushing for decriminalisation. So Victoria has just decriminalised sex work. New Zealand has decriminalised sex work and Northern Territory. And I think that they are some of the few places in the world that have decriminalisation of sex work, meaning that sex workers get the same rights as any other worker in any other industry. And now it's not necessarily illegal, but it's certainly not legal at the same time. It's really like gray area trickiness when it comes to the legal side of, of the industry.
0: Yeah, right. That's so interesting. Wow, yeah. okay. Wow, I feel like I'm like my mind is opening. Um, and <laughs> then <laughs> and then you said that you got into cam work. What what exactly is cam work?
1: so camming is um i'm sure that like if you've ever been on Pornhub or anything like that you'll see at the side where it's like live cams right now you're jerking off alone like whatever that's it so there are these sites here where it's your live streaming and getting naked and getting wild from your own bedroom and yeah for me at the time the stripping just was not it i was incredibly burnt out i was not making any money and i'm not sure if um know how like strip clubs work but basically you pay like a door fee when you arrive so it can be anywhere between $50 and like $250 to work there a night and then from there like you have to earn those dances back early in the year it is always rough like for any baby strippers out there really listen to me when I say save your pennies after like tradie break and Christmas because that's the best part of the year when everyone's got cash to splash you know, everyone's drinking, it's party time because January, February, March is dry. And I did not listen to any of the veteran workers when they were like, save your money, save your money. I didn't. And I learned them really hard, like the hard way. And so for me, I was just burnt out from trying to make it through that. And um, I had a girl that I used to strip with that was like, how you doing? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, I made 40 grand last month on camming. And I was like, what? And I hadn't even seen, like, you don't even get money like that stripping. So I was like, what is that? I looked into it and, um, yeah, I kind of started camming just, like, from my own bedroom. And it was great. It was, like, the first real financial stability and consistency I'd seen that you don't really get in the clubs, or at least not for me. I know that there are so many girls that really kill it in the clubs dancing, but for me, having cash and just, like, my mismanagement, like, it is so easy to spend cash. Cash economy, it just... Goes so it was awesome. Uh, I was with who was I with my free cams, and the website is a dead ass dinosaur. This thing has not been updated since they rolled the internet out. I swear, um, I did camming for like I think like six months.
0: How do you make money from camming though?
1: It's tokens. So basically you have your room, your chat room, and in there you'll be hanging out, talking, you know, getting naked. You have, for me, I had like an entire tip list. Meaning if you tipped me a certain amount of tokens, I would spank myself. I would flash. I would twerk, like whatever it is. So from there, you literally are encouraging people to send you tips consistently. And then you can have private shows where people pay Um, a set amount, I think it's like 80 tokens a minute and every token equates to like, I'm not sure whether it's 5 cents or half a cent, but I just remember that like in my head where I like with, um, my free cams, I think it was 20,000 tokens equated to one and a half thousand American dollars.
0: Wow. So yeah, you're literally
1: just always trying to get people to send tips and the sound it makes, it's like when you win at the casino. It sounds really? like you're in a casino. Yeah, and it really hooks you in. It, like, really plays on the reward system in your brain when you hear that, like,
0: jingle go off that you've got tips. You're like, more, more, let's go. Yeah, what else can I do? Yeah. So what, what do you reckon, like, the most, like, the, what do you think the average, like, like how long would you camp for in one session and what would be, like, the average earnings from, like, one little session?
1: Goodness me, that is a great question. We're going back a few years now. Um, I think the average that I would be camming would be about four or five hours. Wow, um, a show. Yeah, yeah. And, again, it's really like it's not – I think that I really would have struggled camming had I not come from a stripping background because you really learn – even still, like I think back to me being me doing YouTube as a teenager – learning to speak to a camera and having no like feedback and staying upbeat and engaged. Like that's challenging for five hours to be like, totally. hi guys, I'm so upbeat. I'm hot. I'm sexy. Keep spending your money when it's a one way conversation. But totally. you, know, you do, you do what you got to do. And, um, average earnings. I think that I always tried to like, at the time, I actually think I was doing like two shows a week and I was trying to smack out like 10,000 tokens each show I did yeah. um, just so I can hit that 20,000 and be like, I'm done. There's my weekend, I'm done. But, yeah, it really depends. It depends. I just my, I think for me my goal was just always hitting that payout. And, because if you didn't
0: hit the 20,000 tokens, they wouldn't
1: pay out your money. So it was always like, come on, come
0: on. Yeah, right. Oh, my God, interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. But it is different with
1: every cam site that you use. And if you are looking at getting started at camming, I would like to say that be aware that they are, there are bots that will record everything you do. There are people that will will record everything you do. Be prepared that like the camming, that it is so easy to spread that content and spread it everywhere. Like I'm really grateful. I have a dedicated takedown team, but even still like years on there are still cam shows of me popping up in places. Like what is going on? How long have you had this on file for? So, be aware of that. And also, if you want to get started, invest in a good ring light. Get a good ring light. That's all you need to go for it. Okay.
0: <laughs> and what, what do you mean by a dedicated takedown team? Like they will take content off the internet that you don't want on yep. there?
1: Yeah. Well, and I that think that is that is probably a question for them. Um, they're in charge of sweeping internet using facial recognition to see any linked content that matches my face or my body and then applying to those hosting sites being like hi this is a copyright infringement because at the end of the day it's my content I took this and I actually didn't give consent for it to be monetized elsewhere published elsewhere or distributed so yeah it is a copyright infringement of my intellectual material so they do all of the processing and applications to get all of that content taken down and quote-unquote returned back to me the copyright owner.
0: And could that as well happen with OnlyFans stuff like let's say? Oh absolutely. Really? Yes
1: yes oh my goodness I have a very strong dedicated fan base of people that just leak my content and it was really scary at first it was really terrifying like I don't have Facebook anymore because of that reason for getting doxxed and people trying to send content to my family members or I know that people like I went to school with have subscribed and have shared content and yeah there are people that it is that is something that I really I mean there's nothing I can do about it you you cannot change it it kind of that is part of the way that I guess the internet is and I wish it was different and I wish that there were other ways around it but really it is more of a Instead of prevention, it's more of, like, a, a cleanup team that you really need. Yeah.
0: I wish that it would be great if, like, OnlyFans could have a thing that, like, when someone screenshotted or screen recorded, it, like, It, like,
1: flicks. the screen. Yeah. Oh, I wish, but I just don't think that they are that sophisticated. I mean, OnlyFans itself as a platform is a whole hot mess at the moment. Anyway, what, a month ago trying to kick off all sex workers?
0: I know. That is the greatest fumbling of the bag in recent history. Like, what? Let's talk about that. They, like, were saying they're going to not have sex work on there. So, mm-hmm. what does that mean for you? And how do you feel about it? And, like, what, what's your well, future plan? I
1: initially, like, this has got to be bullshit. There's no way. OnlyFans as a company generates five billion, with a B, billion dollars a year of sex work because Lord knows people are not subscribing to see a DJ do their sex, right? No. That's not what OnlyFans is. OnlyFans is synonymous with sex work and adult content creators. So I was like, this, this has got to be bullshit. And then more information started coming out saying it was the banking and, you know, it was the evangelical owners of Visa and MasterCard that were saying we're not having anything to do with this. And in in truth, they did uh, – Visa and MasterCard were working with Pornhub. Pornhub last year in December had to delete 80% of the content on its website because they could not verify the content. And, yeah, they Visa and MasterCard were like, we're not having this. This is too much of a liability. Fuck off. Um, really? So they came to OnlyFans and they were like this. Now, even still, I question why OnlyFans didn't, Look at other options being like, okay, we'll go to with crypto. We'll figure something else out like other sites have. Um, but they didn't. And instead, I think I, I honestly don't know. I wish I could be a fly on the wall in their boardroom, just watching this entire thing go down. Cause there's no way in your mind running that business, you go, Oh yeah, we'll remove all adult content and the business will be fine. Like a hundred million content creators in the same day went, Okay, we're leaving. Like what? Can you imagine? Well, yeah, I can. I saw it. So for me personally, the implications are not huge because the kind of content I create um, still fit the guidelines, the updated guidelines. So there would have to be a rejigging and, like, tweaking of content. There would be certain content that I wouldn't be able to release in certain language I would not be able to use anymore, which would be okay. But for me, even still, the... Direct implication of that means people are not subscribing to Well, this is the fight because they fully went back on what they said. They were like, oh yeah, no more adult content. And then like a week later, they're like, oh, sorry. We're just kidding. Like, come back. We love you guys. But never mind. Like, so nothing is changing at this point in time. Uh, but what it meant, there's a whole disruption of content creators on OnlyFans. It also was a complete distrust of like reputation now OnlyFans. And for someone to still be a content creator on OnlyFans, you know that they're not doing hardcore content and they'll ne- they never will be able to do hardcore content because I feel like a lot of people subscribe to me being like, oh my goodness, one day it's going to happen. We're going to see that orgy scene and it's going to be great. And it's like, okay, maybe one day, but at the moment, that's not really on the cards for me. But, yeah, so that's kind of how it directly uh, affected me. But it was so heartbreaking to see so many of my friends and other people in the industry really go through, like, such a scary a scary moment, disruption of, yeah, their income.
0: Totally. So it's not happening anymore, though. So it's, it's people can no. still do explicit? Yep.
1: People can still do explicit. They completely revoked all of the terms of service that they brought out um, after about a week. They were like, sorry, my bad, we're actually kidding. Never mind, forget that. We love sex workers. And it was like, oh, this, (laughs) there is a lot of distrust for OnlyFans. I know at the moment as well, I'm seeing a lot of accounts being closed and terminated. Um, Really? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's a great question. I don't know. And a lot of the people that are having these conversations are a bit unsure with it as well. But then again, I'm not that content creator. I'm not releasing whatever content they are. I don't know if it really is infringing content or not.
0: So, and how do yeah. you see if other people are deleting accounts? Are you subscribed to them or like you no, it's see?
1: more like on, it's just discourse, like on Twitter that's going on, like, oh, my account was closed, they said I infringed, there was public nudity, blah, 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 like I can't believe this, and yeah, OnlyFans itself, I mean, everyone's so much so giving the side eye, and I've always been a bit wary of it, because it is built off the backbone of sex workers, we know that they are not outwardly supporting of sex workers, it very much so is like, we're here to take your money, thank you for doing what you do, but know your place, it's like where, when, when and where, the sorry, when and where will there ever be a safe space for sex workers on the internet? I would like to know because yeah. even like Twitter seems to be the most free social media platform for sex workers to promote, to have a community. But even still, like I have a bunch of friends that have been fanned off Twitter and for, for like honestly the most obscure reasoning so it's like there is no social media platform or even like our workspaces like this OnlyFans that truly have our back and are there to protect us you have to be hyper vigilant and that's part of the industry of being a sex worker that there is no safe space and you always have to be on your toes
0: yeah that's so interesting I actually um got an email from OnlyFans the other day trying to recruit me and
1: that is insane. Is it? I just think it is in the sense where they work so hard to create this public image of we're an awesome family-friendly site for content creators, podcasters, chefs. Like, bitch, no one wants to see you cooking on OnlyFans. That's what Patreon is for. Patreon exists for that. Patreon is like the vanilla subscription-tiered site. OnlyFans. no, honey. If you're doing something well, stick to that. And at the moment, yeah. it's hosting adult content creators. And that's the thing. If they had applied, because you're not the first person I've heard this from. I know so many like, personal trainers or friends like that that are consistently trying to be recruited by OnlyFans. Like, hello, can you guys invest this time and energy into us? Mm. What?
0: Fully. they they sent me an email and they want to set up like a zoom with me I'm like do I do it like I'm like do I set up a zoom with them but they, the way they sold it in the email was like it's great for content creators like you to share like extra snippets from your podcast and like like they, they didn't they didn't put like address anything sexual in the email they made it out to be this no. like yeah like
1: No, but they don't. And that's the thing. If you look at any of their social media sites, all they ever do is promote their um, vanilla. And when I say vanilla, I mean non-sex worker. Totally. uh, Content creators. Like, hello, your entire company is built off the backbone of the labor of sex workers. And I think, like, I mean, it is so diverse. And sorry, even with this, I I do just want to quickly touch on that for me personally, I think that if you have never done any form of sex work and you're an OnlyFans creator, you very much so are in the industry. But part of me is still like, mm. do you have the right to like label yourself a sex worker? You are working within the industry, but you do not have that face-to-face or real um, connection with clients and like working in the industry that I think a lot of other people do. And I would just like to quickly say like, I would not be able to do what I do now. I would, none of us on OnlyFans would have this career, the success we have if it wasn't for full service sex workers, for women of color, trans women, for everyone that is um, disadvantaged and a minority that has literally put their lives on the line in sex work to trickle down and open up spaces like this where hot girls like myself can get on the internet, show our titties, and set our lives up. Mm. And I think that's really important to recognize as well because you do see a lot of people like Bella Thorne, for example. You're a Disney star. You come in. You show your titties. You made millions of dollars in 24 hours. And the implications that that had on the industry, like because of the amount of chargebacks she had, people that were pissed off with the content that she – said was nude or alluded or whatever she really just came through and look there's nothing not that there's nothing wrong with it she's fully within her rights to do this but it really fucked up a lot of income for so many other people like that were down the line because you couldn't charge certain amounts people were waiting weeks to get their pay it really messed a lot of things up internally and I think that just because Bella Thorne signed up and did 24 hours on OnlyFans does not make her a sex worker. You yeah. definitely were within working within the industry, but you're not a sex worker. And I think that that is something important to distinguish as well there.
0: So when people say they got charged back, does that mean they like paid, you know, twelve ninety? Yeah, and they're like they she didn't show us her tits or her box and like now I want my money back. That's it. That's exactly and, it. And does OnlyFans give the money back? Like how does that work? They
1: do. And I think Last time I checked, it comes out of your own pay. Uh, but what that means is that someone has had access to your entire catalog of content, seen it all, and then gone, mm, refund. So they've had access to all of your content and they still get their money back like that. Um, does that and happen because lost... Yeah, it does. I mean, much, I don't know. There's actually a way that you can see on OnlyFans your percentage of chargebacks that are happening. Um, And I think as well, like, you can, like, appeal against people as well. It's like, no, like, the content was there. This is what you agreed to, like, blah, blah, blah.
0: But, yeah, Yeah, with the... Like, stopping someone you went from high to high school with being like, ooh, I want to see what Avalon's doing and, like, making a fake account and taking some screenshots and then getting a charge back.
1: Honestly, nothing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's fucked. It is. And another question. So you being a creator, can you see who's subscribing? Like, can you see their names and stuff?
1: Yes, but they it's completely anonymous in the sense where they set their own names. So I could have Paul I went to school with sign up as John and I wouldn't know anything about anything. You can could have you, it as a completely empty profile.
0: Could, could you um, see their email address though? No, there's no
1: private information like that. It is completely anonymous where I have no idea who you are or where you're coming from unless you literally tell me.
0: Yeah, so unless I, like, signed up to OnlyFans as Kat Hennessy, n- no one would know if I signed up as, like... That's exactly right. That's so interesting. Okay, let me, um, let me go through some other um, questions. So what... Do you think the main differences are between OnlyFans and mainstream porn?
1: Oh, so the difference between OnlyFans and why personally I favour OnlyFans over mainstream porn is one, it's ethical. Um, the it is such a small minority of any kind of underage content going up or trafficking. It don't get me wrong, it still exists, but it is the most ethical way to support adult content creators because. Being an OnlyFans creator means that apart from OnlyFans itself um, taking the percentage as a 20% fee for hosting, that money goes directly to me. Whereas mainstream pornography, the way that it's set up is very much so you get cast and you get paid for that one scene that you do. Now, whoever owns the scene, the company, the porn site, whatever it is, they can use that, put that everywhere and anywhere. They own the rights to that content as well mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. And they will make however much they make off it. Okay, that's um, interesting. With OnlyFans, it is age verified, I think, as well. It's, if you're in America, they're aware of like, your tax, so it means that you pay tax. Uh, In Australia, you have your own obligations. So if you're going to not pay your tax, that's up to you. I highly recommend if you're a worker that you get your tax sorted. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I think that it is absolutely the most ethical way to do it. And, yeah, you get to have full creative control. I think for me that's what – really excites me about OnlyFans is not only do I get to have one-on-one contact with my subscribers and engage with them and see the feedback but I get to have full creative control over the content I put out yeah
0: that that's kind of what I've figured I I was more like the my thought on it was more about like you being able to create what content you want but that's really interesting about like the money that you would get from porn and like that going everywhere forever like
1: And you own the rights to your content on OnlyFans. You created that. It is your intellectual property, whereas when you are doing porn, that's brazzers, that's porn hubs, that's Mm. whoever owns that content. It's not you. You are simply the actor in the scene. Totally. That's why you see as well that there are quite a few mainstream porn stars, such as Riley Reid or Lana Rhodes that moved away from mainstream pornography and created either their own subscription-based sites or went to OnlyFans.
0: Yeah, because they're like, well, I can, they can make more, like it's probably maybe good to get your name out there a little bit at the start, but then when you get that base, you can earn so much more money doing what you want. That's
1: exactly right. And think about that, right? Say you filmed a 30-minute, you
0: know, solo
1: piece um, and, if you were to do that through pornography, there's $800, sweetheart. There you go. If you did that on OnlyFans, who's to say that you can't then sell that for $30 um, to unlock to ton, like thousands of thousands of subscribers and then consistently make money off that one piece? It's not a one-time $800 in your pocket. You can reuse that content, resell, remarket over and over and over again.
0: So interesting. Oh my God. Yep. And then, like, obviously when we spoke on the phone of the other day, you said you do a lot of more, like, um, titty stuff. Um, Correct. But, like, do, have you ever done exclusive videos and what do you reckon, like, the riskiest, most, like, out there thing you've done would be, would have been? <laughs>
1: um, so it did ruin my life for, like, a good four months. I would never take it back, though. Um, but I wish I could have mentally prepared myself differently for the situation. So years and years ago when I was camming, I created a little OnlyFans, um, just to make some extra cash. I was like, people that come in and see my shows can go and subscribe to this. I was going by my stripper name, which is a completely different name. I'm not going to use that though. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, but yeah, I was using this other little fake name and I had like, I think honestly like 30 subscribers. And I filmed this. It's a 43 second clip of me um, in the bathroom. I'm holding onto the sink, and all you see is my face and my titties. But I am getting clapped from the back. Right, it's my ex boyfriend. Can't even see him in it. But this video got leaked straight to Pornhub, hub, spank bang, all these places. It is still getting re-uploaded to this day. We have to take it down every week. But the first time I found it was on Reddit, and it had over 300 thousand views and then the next one I saw of it had over like 13 million views and it's a 43 second clip yeah it's being seen now hundreds of millions of times and it's only 43 seconds that's it but it's just my my titties bouncing and that's it and that kind of ruined my life because from there I was completely outed So I had very much so my vanilla brand, like, hi, I'm Avalon Hope, modeling, I'm studying music, very much so. At the time, I think I had like 30,000, 40,000 followers on Instagram. This is on my old Instagram account. Um, And I've been working on that since I was like 15. And yeah, I got completely out of like, oh my God, this name, this person, this video, that's Avalon. And it got sent to everyone I used to go to school with and people were trying to send it to family and Oh, it just felt really like unsafe and scary for a long yeah. while there. And it was something that I'd never prepared myself for. And especially yeah. because I was like, this is an exclusive clip going to like 30 people. It's n- nothing's ever gonna happen. And it changed my life. It really did. And I'm grateful for it now because I still get subscribers and I still have like some dedicated fans that have come from finding this video, which is awesome. But uh, it would be nice if everyone in the world hadn't seen it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so fair. And yeah. Like, so because, so, of that, that, because, so because of that, so that I be... don't
1: do hardcore content anymore, um, personally, because it was not worth the anxiety for me. Because it was nothing. It was that was like pornography itself. That's not really. Um, it's honestly just aesthetically. It's not the kind of content I want to be created. It doesn't, you know, get my creative juices going. Like, oh yeah, I love that. And yeah, to have that work against me so strongly was was really scary. And so because of that, I was like, right, that's
0: it. All of your rights have been revoked for seeing any kind of content like that. You are all in the fucking naughty corner. Yeah. And what about yeah. like when you were camming? What do you reckon like the craziest thing you would have done camming would have been? Oh
1: god! Oh god! Honestly, I I couldn't (laughs) tell you. And even still, like the kinds of requests I get, I also like I do have a few really like insane, like very niche kinks. But like for the privacy of these people, like I'm talking, they're so specific. I kind of like don't want to out them. But also, I mean, don't give their name. But I have okay. All right, I'll tell you. I give you the juicy goss. I will give you the juicy goss. There is Love this it. one subscriber that's followed me from Canning, and they used to have this like Frankenstein fetish where they would like to role play them being a wizard and them stealing my boobs. Like your boobs I would have to like boobs? my boobs, my breasts. So what? I would have big breasts. And then I'd have to role play and pretend that, like, oh, my God, they're shrinking. And I would have to, like, change the angles where I was sitting to, like, squish and mold my breasts to make them look flatter and smaller. And, like, yeah, role play, like, this wizard Frankenstein kind of thing going on. Um, And then when they stole my boobs, I'd have to be like, wow, give me my boobs back. They look so big on you, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, they loved it. So that's like kind of the like there is it's wild out there like what it the is fuck? wild. And I know, but also like love that for them, you go king, like I'm glad that you're getting you're getting your needs met, you're getting totally. your needs met like that, and that's like what's so cool about the industry as well is like you know um arousal and like kinks and fetishes is such a spectrum and it's so sick that you have some, like there is such a, a variety to access you know your kinks fetishes in a way that's consensual people are benefiting and you can get your rocks off like that in an ethical way
0: do you, do you reckon that's like the weirdest request you've had or have you had anything else that's like quite bizarre
1: oh uh, i would say look what, really, really, like, come on, that, I think that's pretty bizarre. Um, it, that's so
0: bizarre. It's it's like, that's what I mean. Like, have you had anything else crazy really, like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. of course. I think that one really sticks out with me. But, yeah, less so, like, I've had some, look, that's part of my job. Like, I mean, what I would see is a weird request. I mean, I, it's hard to say because it's just it like that's the job that's part yeah. of the job I totally. think that if you spent some time going through my request you'd be like oh whereas I'd be like oh no that's a really normal fetish and kink like blah 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 so I mean it kind of just comes with the territory and you do have to have an open mind totally I get requested all of the time though I am people goddess Avalon goddess Avalon oh let me serve you blah 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 and I do I happily like you know, fin Dom and Dom these people, but that is not me. I am not a dominant. Like, don't tell them that. Like, shh. but I am very <laughs> much so like a submissive. So when people are like, I want you to tell me what to do. I'm like, damn, how do I do this? Also, I find it so funny. we like a very, one of the most popular kinds of, um, like pay-per-view videos you can do is a JOI, which is jerk off instructions. Right. And I say this all the time to my friends. I'm like, You have to be, like, a five-minute video telling these men like, this is how I want you to stroke
0: your cough for me, blah, blah, blah.
1: And in reality, I'm like, I don't care how you do it. You cut yourself however you want. That's not my business. Totally. Oh, my God. I don't have a
0: dick. How do we do this? That's so funny. And and what do you think, like, what do you think would be the most, like, common, common kink out there that, like, someone who isn't very aware of it might think is quite strange, but it's actually pretty, like, pretty normal or pretty Honestly, I common. think that
1: it, if you ask this question to, like, a group of different content creators, we're all going to have different answers because yeah. of who we are. So aesthetically, totally. like, for me, all of my subscribers come because I have massive Tatars. And because of that, I think a lot of men are really into just, like, boobs which you yeah. know, what's crazy? I honestly think that if you're an ass man, you're definitely more like liberal with your politics. You're like, yeah, like gay rights, we love this. Men that love tits, why are you all conservative? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> That's honestly just the crowd. It really is. Um, but no, and like a common kink of fetish, honestly, people love feet, people love piss, people love tits. Um, people love I think as well praise and validation like I get paid a lot of money to rate people's dicks so people from like personally I charge like 60 70 dollars depending on the mood I'm in um to rate someone's dick and like it's a video rating you get like a minute of me with my boobs out being like oh my god I love the veins blah 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 um and I think as well, like, there are a lot of men that are really insecure about what they have going on. And, do you know, what I will say as well, like, and this is not trying to be in a shameful way, but, oh, my goodness, if you're going to a service provider for that, that's fine if you want some validation on your shape and your size and all of that. But, like, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Stop bringing me, like, paying for a dick rating if you need to go and see a doctor about what you have going on because I've seen some things that are sickening. Like what? Like, like, oh, no. Like, do you really, like, this is about to get so graphic. Like, do you no, really I want love to know? the
0: graphic. Give me the first fucked up dick you've oh, seen. I've seen, like,
1: penises that, like, flakes, like, scales peeling off with, like, oh. inflamed tips and ingrown hairs like with, with pus and like really aggressive like ingrowns and on ju- I, I look at yeah like or around the base and honestly, God your size your shape we love it's not about that but when you see people are really not keeping up with their hygiene or it looks like mm, you have inflammation your your tip should not be this color like uh, uh cheese like in, in the foreskin, like smegma. It's like, what? how How? as a person can you take a photo of this and pay someone to look at it? And sometimes when I get these photos, I'm always like, do you have any kinks or fetishes that I need to be aware of while giving this rating? Especially like if someone has a really small penis. It's like, are you into small penis humiliation? If so, this is going to work amazing. You're going to have the best time. If you don't, though, you have to let me know. So I can do what you want because at the end of the day, they're paying me for an honest rating. But are you really going to get an honest rating? No, because you're paying me for a service. And it's my job not to humiliate you and upset you if that's not what you're into. Do you so know what I mean? So how,
0: how do you sit there and, like, compliment a dick that's, like, flaking and has dick cheese? Oh. Like, what, like, <laughs> I really love your dick cheese. Deep,
1: babe. Babe, you dig deep. Um, I always give feedback where I'm like, oh my God, it would be so hot if we saw this in another way, like fresh out of the shower, like blah, blah, blah. Like I can imagine what it would look like then. Um, Sometimes you got to get through it. Other times you're like, babe, I think that you should actually go check out a doctor. Uh, just in the sense where it looks like some of these people like maybe presenting symptoms of gonorrhea or chlamydia or whatever it is, or it just looks like there's something. I'm like, no, this is like a risk to your health, sir. Please. Um, how do you comment? You dig deep, and even when you see dicks that you don't like, you at the end of the job. Uh, sorry, at the end of the day, I'm providing a service. This is not a personal opinion. You're not someone that I'm trying to fuck. You're like, oh my god, do you like it? It's like, no, you paid me my money. I'm now going to give you what you wanted that's the experience you pay for. So it's less about what I actually think and more about what they want me to tell them.
0: Oh my God. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. I can't with that. I've had some fucking gross dicks. So like, I can't imagine like, you know, just your average blow Joe, but if people are coming to you kind of knowing that they've got a bit of a funky looking penis, then like, yeah, like,
1: why, why are you putting yourself through this? Honestly, like, why are you Super putting totally. yourself through this? If you know something's off, why are you paying me to lie to you? Like, uh... but then again, it's amazing when you get a really nice dick. You're like, damn, you subscribe to me? You pay me? Damn.
0: Literally. <laughs> Oh, like, I feel yeah. like it's hard. Like I feel like there's so many ugly dicks as well. Like so many look, ugly I dicks. I feel
1: like I feel like in general, women's bodies have been so sexualized and romanticized to the point where we see the physical female form as art, and men are not hypersexualized in the same way. And so, because of that, psychologically, we don't look at penises and go, "Oh, it's like art, oh, it's so beautiful." When in reality like everyone's body's different, whether you're a woman or a man or like non-binary or whatever whatever you got going on. But specifically the the female form has been so sexualized. It is literally like well we're, we're seen as objects. It's art. It's not a woman's body. It's art. It's an object. It's do something to it. Whereas with men that's not the same. You have the autonomy and I think because of that, we look at you like, oh you are a person. Oh that is a funky dick. As opposed to like, oh wow, look at this.
0: Wow. Well, this has been so interesting, so interesting that Avalon and I are going to do a little part two. We're going to do a deeper dive into OnlyFans, um, stuff about Avalon's family, dating, relationships, what partners think about her work. And yeah, we're just going to dive in a little bit deeper because there's so much more that we want to go over. So, thank you so much for coming on today, Avalon. And I cannot wait for next week's episode because it's going to be so juicy.
1: Thank you so much, Kat, for having me here and thank you to everyone listening. Please make sure you tune in. Don't miss out on the next episode. It's about to be juicy.
0: Yeah, juicier than what it is. All right, thanks, guys, (laughs) and we'll see you next week. Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the Acast Creator Network. Special shout-out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode.